0: Hello and welcome to the Filmmaking Stuff Podcast, where you'll get insider tactics on how to make, market, and sell your movie without the middleman. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host, LA-based motion picture executive, Jason Brubaker. Hey filmmakers, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, My name's Jason Brubaker, I run Filmmaking Stuff, but today we're going to do things a little bit different than normal. Um, I've asked Tom Malloy to come on and provide a recap of his experience at the American film market. Now, if you've listened to past episodes, by now you know that Tom Malloy is the real deal. Not only has he raised $25 million over the course of his career to produce multiple motion pictures uh, with a lot of name talent that you've heard of, but in addition to that, he's also president of a distribution company called Glasshouse Distribution. They recently set up shop at the American film market, and I figured who better to give you an inside perspective than an actual insider. So, without further ado, uh, Tom Malloy is coming on here to provide his recap of the American film market. I hope you enjoy this.
1: Uh, thank you, Jason. Um, I appreciate you having me on. I did want to say that uh, AFM every year is uh, different. <laughs> and, you know, every year there's. In many ways, you, you have to track the changes that, that go on. You know there's 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 a lot of people that kind of practice the gloom and doom type of mentality with AFM. I mean, I, we used to joke that like, you know, but the, the day that it starts, Hollywood Reporter and Variety get their headlines ready you know, to say AFM down this year, like every year, like it's going to be, you know, I guess it's going to keep going until there's two people selling movies. But anyway, I don't agree with that. And, uh, you know, specifically this year, my company had 213 meetings uh, plus more that were walk-ins. Those are 213 that were actually scheduled. Um, So for us, it was uh, extremely busy and hopefully very productive. And I say hopefully because... You know, if you're looking at it from a distributor or exhibitor point of view, we have films that we're trying to sell. And uh, we, you know, we, the first Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then maybe a little bit of Sunday, it's buyer meetings. You know, um, the filmmaker meetings are not as, as prominent in those days, especially in the beginning. It's the buyers, and a lot of the buyers will take off on Sunday and not even stay till the, the end of um, AFM, which is actually theoretically Wednesday, but there's really nobody there even Wednesday. People leave uh, Tuesday night. I don't know why they sell a day badge for Wednesday. It's, if they do, they should. I mean, they do. Um, I think really, you, you you walk down the hallways and you'll see that 50 to 75% of the companies are gone, um, or maybe even more, because it's been so long, since so I've been there on Wednesday. But the key is they sell a day badge it's like oh yeah yeah if you paid money for that and you're not going to get into any companies that's probably a mistake they should offer the day badge for like 50 bucks or something like that um normally it's about 250 but anyway um uh you know so so we're front-loaded with buyers and like i said hopefully because a lot of them you know are not just sales right there you know the days of making offers for movies right there are a little bit gone um so it's, it's so much of it is following up and tracking all that and staying on top of people and trying to get, get to the, either a yes or a no, you know, And in, in just like in, in many sales, in many businesses, um, a no is better than a maybe A no is the number two answer because you, at least, you know, that, okay, that I, I have, I could cross it off the list. A maybe could be just postponing the no, um, or it just, you know, it could be, you know, sending it down the road further and whatever, you know, you, n- you never know when they're going to close it or not close it. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, so we had a ton of meetings and, you know, just walking around it. There were some days, I would say Saturday felt like old AFM, you know, where you saw a lot of people there, a lot of people milling about in the lobby. But remember that they changed about, I'd say maybe it was four or five years ago, they stopped uh, letting people into the pool area. Um, and so you could only be in the lobby and then half of the fifth floor. Um, where the location expos and everything were, and then I'd say two years ago, I believe they stopped letting people into the even the lobby. Um, uh, people without a badge, I mean, you know, the people used to come and just without a badge, they would, um, you know, um, just kind of come and hang out, and you know, and, and that that did get a, somewhat of a reputation for a lot of fringe because there were a lot of fringe and scam artists that hung around there, but at the same time, there was a lot of great filmmakers that hung around there because. You know, I know great filmmaker friends that would come to AFM and hang in the lobby because it was like, Well, I don't have to spend two fifty for a day badge or you know, or whatever, buy the full badge for the um, the thing which is fifteen hundred bucks plus. Um, you know, I could just kinda come and, and see people and, and, and reconnect with everybody. So that element of it is gone, you know, so uh, that that changed and, and once that did change the amount of people just went, you know, completely off a cliff. But um anyway you know the the afm itself is i guess going through changes as is everything else and um you know every year in every market there's you know a sense because we're so close to it and this was my 14th year in a row at afm by the way we're so close to the market we we um i've always been able to hopefully hone in on some of the changes and i did want to share some of them with you um you know, the first thing is that, you know, you have these big movies that people are selling there um, or doing deals on, which are the big movies with A-list cast, you know, and then millions of dollars in movies or, or more. And those are the ones that are get, getting profiled in Deadline and Variety and Hollywood Reporter. Um, they are, you know, they're, 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 you know, they may have a, a monster, you know, Bruce Willis and Nick Cage and and uh you know then those kind of people in them and those are the ones that are actually doing big business there um a long for for a long time ago i mean going back somewhat there was always that mid-range you know people bought those mid-range movies that didn't necessarily have major stars maybe had a couple medium-sized stars and they would pay money for them right there i think that that unfortunately is is starting to dwindle and though we had a ton of meetings um you know, the, the, there were times even in the past of my companies, and my company's only four years old, that in the beginning there was deals just made right there, and those deals aren't as uh, as prominent. Um, what's becoming bigger, though, however, is, and this is the, the, when I'm talking about the trend, is titles that are library-ish titles. Now, what I mean by that? I mean titles that are be pre-2018. You know, right now it's 2019, so you'd have a 2019 title, or you'd have a 2018 title. Before that, it's going to be, you know, you're starting to talk about an older movie. And when you have those older movies, and then, you know, look at it, it, there's nothing that I have prejudiciously against uh, older films, but, you know, buyers won't take them. Like China even has requirements that they have to be within two years or they won't even run them through the censor board. Uh, so, those are those library titles, you know, for a company that's selling them, they're in the back of the catalog or they're not even in the catalog anymore. You have the, these titles, but what's what I'm saying here is that those movies are starting to make money. So, if you have a film signed with a distributor or sales agent and you trust them and you know that they're still working, stay with them longer, truly, because um, those titles are starting to become big. And here's why, uh, or not that big, and I, I'll define all this stuff, but here's what's the, why that trend exists. And um why it's it, it's becoming a thing is that there are so many outlets. everybody knows this everything I'm not, I'm not you know this I'm not revealing any new information to anybody by saying that there's there's a ton of outlets, ton of um, platforms. Uh, because there's a ton of platforms uh, they can't, you know, a, a, some random VOD platform can't come in and pay a ton of money for this, you know this movie with Bruce Willis and give the, get the exclusive deal. You see what I'm saying? Um, it, you 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 just can't do it. It, it won't happen. Um, you won't be able to. They, they don't have the money or the finance behind it to pay you know multi million dollar deal. So uh, or or even significant money for that platform. You know, ten thousand dollars with twenty thousand something like that. You know what I mean? Like just to to license it on that specific platform or that specific territory. So meaning there's so many platforms. None of them can pay for the big movies. <clears throat> a lot of them do rev share deals. And when I say a rev share deal, I mean a deal where there's no money up front, but you're getting a percentage on the back end. Now, the movies, even on my sales company, that we would even consider for that has to be library titles. The new ones, we're tr- always trying to get cash deals. So again, the, identifying this trend, if I'm telling you that there's the platforms are not paying um, or not paying much, and the newest movies are not going to say, you know, we're not going to give them away for nothing. That just points you to the direction that the library is titles, the titles that are pre-2017 and before. And before it can get, you know, all the way back to whatever, you know, 2006 or 7. And the reason I named that as the going back farthest is because prior to that, you probably wouldn't have the film in HD. And I'm almost, you know, across the boards, um, there's really no platforms are very few that's going to take an sd movie meaning if it's not in ProRes 422 or some high-end um export of the movie it's just not going to happen and so before then um you know those movies are not going to be sd quality you know and, and you know what i mean by that if you ever look at some old tv shows and you see that they're just not up to the same kind of quality as the new stuff that's what the sd quality is um standard definition versus high definition so anyway so you got these library titles 2000 let's just say six 2017 those films that are maybe unsold in a bunch of territories they could be exploited to these platforms and that's I know that's exactly what my company's doing is that we're taking a look at the the titles that that are are maybe not in the catalog or in the back of the catalog now and we're putting them on these platforms because at that point they're not selling anywhere else nobody's gonna give them money for that territory because they're too old um and uh they they will, you know, we're we're open and willing to do rev share deals at that point. So that's why, you know, so that's what I'm saying. It's almost like the, this big hole in the middle. You have these A-list uh, movies, uh, movies with A-list talent at least, that are making deals and making money. Um, I can't tell you how many buyers came in and said, you know, we're looking for films, theatrical films with A-list cast. And that's a buyer from Colombia or Spain or wherever, you know, Japan. And it's like, okay, we <clears throat> may not have those. We have B-list cast and that, you know, that that almost sometimes, at least in some perspectives, exists in a world that's just not there right now. Now, that being said, we have a lot of buyers that we're trying to, to get those to and there's still, I believe, a space on that. You just, you know, have to have quality films, um, which I'm always looking for, but the other aspects so you got that high end A list. So that B list, even C list is kind of in the middle there where there's that big question mark, but then, you know, it might be cast or no cast. It's the stuff that's library ish, a little bit older. Um, Those can do rev share deals and be on multiple platforms um, across the world. And what's cool about that is that if you're on these multiple platforms and they each have different types of way of advertising of monetization, you might be able to get something going, um, you know, for titles that weren't doing anything else, like meaning they were unsold in territories or they're not making money in specific territories. And so that's what's what's great is that, you know, there's there's films that we had that, you know, not that we quote unquote give up on, but we went, you know, they're not going to sell because they're not new. Well, now we can get them onto territories and platforms um, and, and monetize it, which is great, you know? And so uh, I did want to say that if there was any trend this year that was it that was the trend that was like okay this is um you know where it's going and then again there's that hole in the middle so the way i try to look at afm every year because there's there's always these gloom and doom type preachers and you know my company was the busiest on the floor we were on the sixth floor and we were the busiest on the floor um so for us it was not that And know even if it wasn't that, you know, even if we didn't have all those meetings, I try to always look at these markets and go, look, what are the trends, you know, and, and I'm telling you, this library trend is something we identified um, early on in, in the, the market, you know, by Thursday, Friday, we went, okay, this is the trend. And now you got to try to focus on that trend. And, you know, we've changed uh, a lot of ideas just literally based on that. So <clears throat> for anybody that's, you know, looking outside from the AFM and saying, you know, what can I do here? Um, it is to try to identify try to ask people what's going on so let's flip it and you know i'm giving you an, an my perspective from an exhibitor side let's flipping it from the filmmaker side first off it was great to see filmmakers there that were uh, members of filmmaking stuff hq.com that was awesome you know it's it was so many people at least 20 came up and told me they love the videos and they got so much value out of my that's the best feeling truly i love that feeling um But, you know, for these filmmakers that were there, they're learning that aspect of the business. You know, they're learning and they're saying, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't make a drama with no names. You know, and if I do, understand that it's going to get library type payments. You know, no money up front. It's going to take a little bit while to recoup a certain amount of money. It may not recoup its whole money, you know, so i got to make it as tight as possible. Or, I've got to make a movie with cast. i got to get some type of cast in there so that I can get some... um, Upfront money for sales, you know, and it has nothing to do with the sales agents not wanting to make you money because trust me, they do want to make you money. Every sales agent I know wants to make money for movies because that helps reputation, that gets them more people coming to them for movies, you know. Um, so you look at it, you know, and, and again, another thing I would say with everybody was there that was filmmakers were like, "This is it. This is the education. You know, you see, you're you're in the industry." when you're in at these markets and you go okay this is this is the independent side of the film business and this is really business you know and business is being done here so major opportunity um is the way to look at it for for you and your film so many platforms uh, you just have to understand that it's the new economy of you know you're not going to make more more off of less like meaning you know one thing and you're going to get one deal it's going to pay for your old movie um, but you're going to make less off of more. You could get 30 deals, and you'll make little pops on each of them. And at the end of the day, you can still make out. Your film is exploited everywhere, and that could be uh, ultimately very successful for you. So, uh, you know, there's my kind of wrap-up of AFM. It, it was um, uh, another another year in the books, and uh, I'll see everybody next year. And I hope the people that were there uh, enjoyed it and, and got some learning experiences from it because I know... You know, even after all this time, I'm always, always, always learning at AFM.
0: Thank you so much, Tom, for sharing a recap of the American film market. Um, If you're listening, Tom mentioned Filmmaking Stuff HQ. That's a membership that also has a mastermind component. And if that's of interest with you, you would have the opportunity to speak with Tom on a bi-monthly group coaching call. Uh, To find out more about that, head on over to filmmakingstuffhq.com.